Hello, hello, our Uncommon Faith community. How are you doing on this beautiful Tuesday? We're super excited to be here with you uh, once again. And I will say, if you are watching right now, please take a minute to like and share right now. Thumbs up, like it and share it. Okay, let's go ahead and share it and tag all your friends, your family, your haters, all of them. Just they, they, everybody needs to get some of this tonight. All right. Well, I'm super excited about the show that we have for you today. We have an amazing guest that's going to come forth and share with us what she's working on. Uh, Miss Victoria, I'm going to let her, you know, go in and tell her a little bit more about herself. But first, let me go ahead and get my, um, let's get our co-host on. Where is Miss LaFlower Bowie? Hey, just how you playing, doing today, playing, sis? I am amazing. I'm good. You know, at work with today, we were talking about um, our, um, I had a team meeting with the team and the icebreaker, we was, I, saw, I asked them, what are you guys doing this summer? And I asked one girl, because she a hot girl, y'all. I said, well, you going to have a hot girl summer? <laughs> she, okay. She what? fell out of her chair because we're talking about like running their paychecks up. Cause you know, I do what I do with my team. And so they were super excited about, um, you know, making extra money so they can travel and do what they do. And so it was just, you know, a really light, cool mood today. Um, so yeah, that's what's up. That's, that's what's awesome. up. Absolutely. Everybody mm -hmm. trying to stack that summer paper. You already so know. We can be yeah. summer ready. Okay. Yes, this traveling yes. is kicking up. Shout out to the travel agencies that we got. Shout in out to all the travel agents in the building around the world. <laughs> hey, Sister Kissy, thanks for tuning in, boo. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Um, hey, Kissy. Yeah. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited. So, you know, today on the show, we have uh, Miss Victoria. Yes, Lady one of Victoria. Our, okay. One of our fellow... Um, Worthy coaches. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, she has so many different things going on and um, just excited mm -hmm. to let her come on and share that with everyone mm -hmm. and hit um, out with different segments. I can't wait to see what topic you have for us for the sister check on today. Miss. Oh, it's nasty. <laughs> just playing y'all. Just playing. Don't y'all be coming for, for me in the, in the, uh, in the chat. Y'all know I'm, I, I'm, I'm holy in hood. At the same time, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful combination. Don't come for me, But I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited about the sister check. I'm excited about um, Lady Victoria, and she is an amazing etiquette coach. Yes. And when I told, when, you know, so we have the girls, all the girls, and I told a couple other girls that we were having an etiquette coach on the, on the show tonight, they was like, Mom, you been, you, you finally did it. You said you've been telling us for years you was gonna get us, you was gonna send us to etiquette school. I was like, bet you right, because y'all don't know how to act sometimes. Cause I, you know, my thing is I always tell the girls, do you know what I always tell the girls either? That what you tell them? What's one of my quotes that I tell the kids? There are so many little flowers, so don't give me out. Don't well, give you me know, I tell the girls, I'm like, that's not ladylike. Like, get your oh life my together. Gosh. Yes, you and this ladylike. I'm like, but I tell them, like, y'all have to represent yourselves as young ladies at all times, especially at the dinner table, because you know that drives me crazy. 
That drives I know me it does. I know it does. And that's why I have allowed a burp or two to slip out just, hey, just for that Blue. purpose. Hey, hey Cass. I don't know the sign language for SA. That's my ride or die. I don't know how to say SA in, 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 in sign language. I'm going to learn it though. Represent San Antonio yes. TX in the building. I love Absolutely. it. Well, yeah. So I'm excited Lady Victoria is on the line and, I, and the girls are going to be tuning in so they can learn them something. And uh, Lady V can back me up. Like, that's oh, just okay. you do yourself at the dinner table. You know, that's like my biggest, like, you're not going to sit up here and be making loud noises. And, really? And really? Sitting on, yeah, sitting on your feet. You don't have to come for me out in the pool. I'm not I, coming I know for you. Coming for me. But I was on the phone with your other sister today. And why did she, she, she had a burp or a belch in my ear? And she was like, was it a that's what she asked me. And I was like, you guys so Y'all put in the comments, do you guys like burp or belch in people's faces? <laughs> like, do you guys score it? Because my siblings do. And it drives, <laughs> they know, like even my nieces and my nephews, they know when they come to my house, I, I can't. My kids know, like they can go do that at auntie's house. At any house, but yeah, I can't. So yeah, and she, she asked me, and I I had to I scored it for. Her. I was like, it was only about an eight, and she told me I was a hater. So okay, well I got it. I look, my cast is watching, and shout out to my girl, my ride or die. She look, she always hooked me up with them tens. She know we we look, we go hard. Oh my gosh, y'all are bananas. I can't, but I think I it's can't. time. How about we go ahead and bring Miss Lady Victoria out? Yeah, I can't wait so I can get somebody to back me up on this etiquette stuff. You feel me? Victoria, Lady V. Hello, hello. Ma'am, hello, hello. Lady V, I saw you laughing at his backstage. <laughs> Your ladies are funny. <laughs> I had to chuckle. I had to chuckle. Yes, I will back you up, LaFlower. I most certainly will. I most certainly will. Oh, we yeah. can address those issues that you were talking about. The the belching, the burping, and all those things. Dining right. at it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all of the flatulence. No, man, uh, no not all of the Okay. All right, Lady Victoria, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Only me and Regina can do it together. But yes, y'all have. And y'all, I'm like, I cringe. I cringe. <laughs> oh my God. But it's all good. It's all love. But all right, yeah. Lady B, take a moment to, um, you know, welcome to Uncommon Faith. It, it is such an honor and a pleasure to have you here tonight or today, wherever y'all tuning in from, because y'all know we got some international viewers. Thank y'all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All of that. Um, but Lady B, take a moment to introduce yourself to our Uncommon Faith community. Okay. Well, hello, everyone in the Uncommon Faith community. It is my honor and pleasure to be here. I am Lady Victoria, your etiquette educator and your worthy life coach. Hey, I hail from Chi-Town, Chicago. Chi-Town is what we like to call it. Listen, I'm almost going into my introduction for my show, but <laughs> we are the best in the Midwest. And um, I'm just glad to be here. Um, etiquette for me is something that I've been doing. Oh, my gosh. Mm, for over 10 years um, as a business, but it's something that I began at home, of course, with my own children. And then I had a daycare business for over 20 years and I began teaching it to my younger children. Um, I worked with the youth at my church and I began to teach it to them at that time. 
And it just has grown into a passion, something that I could talk about, something that I can write about all of the time. And it just encompasses everything that we do. And I love teaching, talking about it and sharing my experiences and that that I know with others. So, yes, that is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're excited to get into um, some of the projects and things that you are working on. Uh, Mm -hmm. But before we do that, we always like to start off with the segment that we set where we call I know God is real because. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so this one, we know we all probably can tell can take up the whole show sharing our experiences as to why we know God is real. But we just ask that you just pick one that you would like to share with us. I mean, we've shared a few, um, but definitely. So uh, Lady Lady V, just tell us what uh, you know God is real because. Oh, wow. I know, God, I know God is real, really honestly, because of his love for me. And that is something that I had to learn that he truly loved me without any strings attached. He didn't expect, you know, anything um, in return, except that I just obey him. We always say that hallelujah is the highest praise, but I've come to think that obedience is the highest praise that I can give unto my God. Um, I have recently discovered him as the real true king that he is not just in my life, but for all Mm -hmm. of mankind. But now the relationship that I have with him now has become stronger just because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, beyond anything that I can say, do or think that he loves me unconditionally. That agape love, it just, oh, it was a new discovery for me. It was a new revelation for me just in that part of my journey, my life journey, what I was going through at that time. And I had so many questions and like, why God, why is it taking so long? And I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. And you told me to do this and I'm doing it just doesn't seem effective. And how long, God, how long, how long? Mm. But it's just like he set me down one day and said, my daughter, do you know how much I love you? Mm. You know how I cherish you. Do you know how important you are to me and how integral you are to the assignment that I have placed in your life? Mm. I love you exceedingly. And I just saw the word long-suffering and I could see no end to the words. The letters just went on and on and on, long wow. suffering. So for how many years has he put up with me? For how many years has he been patient with me? For how many years has he loved me unconditionally? So when I came to that new place of discovery and self-revelation, that's why I know, and that's how I know that God is real. Wow. Wow. Now, yeah. Oh my goodness. Now I just want to touch really quickly on that long suffering because that's one of those things that we don't talk about. We read about it, right? It's what mm-hmm. we should do. We should have yeah. that have that ability to go through that long suffering, that tolerance. You guys know I prayed that prayer last week. I'm like, God, increase my tolerance for the season that I'm in because your girl's about to lose it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me yeah. a little, let's talk a little bit more on long suffering. Like what did that look like for you in that in those seasons that you're in? Well, for me, it looked I, I saw all of the things that I said that I did wrong, 
But what my God, what my king told me, he said, those weren't the things that you did wrong. Those were the things that you did in preparation for where I'm taking you. Listen, you're about to get me ooh, started right Come here, on. right now. Come ooh. on. Come on. Hmm. Hmm. So I just saw them as sometimes you know, we make mistakes and sometimes we repeat the same mistakes over and over again and making bad choices and leaning on flesh instead of leaning on God and instead of trusting the word of God. And so when I saw long suffering, I just saw myself as a mess. And really what God was saying to me was like, no, I'm pruning you to be your best. You're not a mess but I'm pruning to be your best. So for him to be that tolerant, for him to wait years for me to get one thing together, for him to wait years for me to come to a place of understanding and a place of full value and understanding you know, myself and his love for me. He was patient enough and loving enough to do that just for me, just for me. So that is beautiful. That is beautiful. I think it really, we have to be in a special place and mindset to really understand and grasp God's love. And I think yeah. similar to you, I had my experience where it was just like, oh my goodness, like you really love me. You know, mm -hmm. we hear the scriptures, we sing the songs and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. when you have that encounter where you can feel his love, like yeah. an embrace. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, th there is nothing like it. And and to your point, it really does. It, it changes your mentality, your thought process. And you're just able to endure a little bit longer. Right. Knowing that his love is real and present. You Absolutely. you you mentioned you said that you discovered that he was the true yeah. king. Tell me a little bit. Tell us a little bit more yeah. about that. This discovery. And, and what do you mean by true king? Well, Again, it's one of those things, you know, if we've been brought up in the church, you grew up in the church community, your family, uh, that church, church culture, we use phrases, I think, all the time that we don't really attach real meaning to. Mm. We said it because the pastor said it, because the church mother said it, because your parents said it, because we sing it in a song and it gives you that warm, fuzzy, good, you know, feeling and all of that. But me discovering that God was a king over a kingdom. And his mm. presence living and dwelling in me, because God doesn't, you know, God doesn't mess with gender. I mean, he made male and female, but he doesn't mess with gender. So I'm born out of a king. What does that make me? Because I have his spirit living and dwelling in me. That also makes me a king and a priest. So we call mm. ourselves priestesses because, you know, we're, we're women. But that whole discovery of what God's message really embodies in the earth realm for us as believers. I'm an ambassador. You are an ambassador. We are here conducting the business of our king. He has placed yes. us in this earthly kingdom to carry his heavenly kingdom. And he gave us that instruction in the Lord's prayer. We're supposed to be bringing the kingdom to earth. We're supposed That's to be it. bringing heaven to earth. That was God's original plan with Adam. It started with him in the garden and, you know, he fell away from grace. So he, he fell out of his kingship. And so that's how everything got distorted and corrupted and all of that. And of course, God had to reestablish the covenant. But me really 
just it was like soaking it up when I when I came to that understanding. I soaked it up and I oh I, I read about it every day. But the thing that broke it for me was I was just feeling like I was just at the end of myself. And I said, God, just show me, show me. I said, show me the kingdom. What is it that you're trying to get across to me? Show me the kingdom. And the very next morning, I began to get that revelation through the Holy Spirit. And then he directed me um, to someone that was teaching on it all of the time, teaching on it all the time. And so it just, it, it has enlightened me in a way that I have never been in my entire walk. Jesus. Yes. That's maybe you run around this room. That's you, what I'm saying. You like you, you preach it right now. You take me to a place. You take me to a place on how when I realized the Holy Spirit, when we look at him as the governor, and it takes mm-hmm. me back to, to Dr. Miles Monroe's teaching. Yes. Yeah. Because he's yes. the one that really got me to understand the kingdom mindset and reestablishing yes. the covenant. Yeah. Because, you know, of course. Yeshua came, he did what he did, but his mission didn't stop on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. His mission didn't stop on the cross. His mission was completed when he ascended back into heaven, right? And then the yeah. Holy Spirit was able to fall back down so that we could operate and have dominion and be ambassadors and yeah. reestablish that covenant so that we could have relationship with the Holy Spirit again. Oh yeah. my gosh. So that's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy that, um, that you have that because it's, I think so many believers miss out on the dominion that, that we are ambassadors and that this is a kingdom and that we do have kingship and, and yeah. priestess ship or priestess ship and things like that. It's like, we miss out on the power and authority that we have because we're so busy being, not being as member, you know, we're so busy thinking of God as this far out being in person and not having that Abba father relationship and knowing, like you said, if I'm born out of the King, come Mm -hmm. on, that was powerful. If I'm born out of the King, yes, then I already operate in the, in the, in the King's anointing. Hallelujah. We got to start preaching tonight, y'all. Yes. I think we have to start. We have a service. It's going to happen. That's so powerful. And I just get excited when believers make that connection and they understand their power. They understand that that, um, the Holy Spirit had to come to us, help establish yeah. Um, you know, what was in heaven and help help us bring that down here on earth and allow us to operate. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my Kirk Franklin, like we were talking about earlier for a moment. (laughs) Ah, but I'm so excited, Victoria. Yes, thank you. Go ahead, Regina. What you got next? Well, I was, hey, I I really would love to sit right here in this, but I know Lady Victoria has some other things to share with us. So we can finish this on a sidebar or something because this is getting good. It is good. (laughs) So, Lady Victoria, tell us about your etiquette school. And how did, well, you told us how it started, but just tell us a bit about it. Okay. Um, I can even add to how it got started. Um, I just realized that as a, as a young person, even as a teenager, that I always liked a nice table setting. It just looked nice to me. It just looked right. And um, years later, I met a girlfriend of mine. We're very good friends today. And she was actually an etiquette consultant. And wow. she was 
invite me to go with her when she had different dinner parties and weddings and all of that. And she would invite me to come along with her and help her set the tables and, you know, be over groups and, you know, manage different things. And so it just grew for me from there. And as I said earlier, I stated that I uh, taught it to the children that were in my daycare home and in the youth department at the church that I was attending at that time. And one day I just literally heard monetize, 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 monetize. Oh, monetize, make etiquette a thing that I do, make it a business, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you have something that you love so much you could almost do it for free, you know, but I also realized that etiquette even is attached to, I, I'm, I'm gonna stay on topics, ladies, but I, I have to say that etiquette is attached to me to the excellency of the Holy Spirit. Same. Doing things decent and in order. In order. Yes. And I often find out that when I begin to talk to people about etiquette and they say, oh, I don't know where the fork goes or why do I have, you know, these many glasses and what is all of this stuff for? Um, another friend of mine, when I did an etiquette seminar a couple of years ago, and the way I explained it to her, she said, you know, Victoria, everything that you said, she said, really, what you're telling me is that the table tells the story. And that's so true. If you pay attention to the table and if you don't know what to do, pay attention to your host or your hostess and you follow their leading as to what they are doing. But if you know the basic essentials of etiquette, the table really does tell the story. Um, it depends on if you're having soup, salad, um, if you're having an appetizer, the table is set according to the meal that you're going to receive. And so as they bring out those different um as they bring out those different uh, portions of the meal, you use the, uten you, the you, I'm sorry, you use the utensil that is related to what it is that you are about to eat. So it, it makes it real simple. And it sounds real simple for me, but for someone that might not know, they still say, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's really a lot. But I find out most people about etiquette, it's just that they don't know. It's not that they're practicing poor etiquette. Sometimes people are just uninformed or underinformed about how things should play out. And so for me, that's one of the greatest parts of it is teaching that portion, what to do next, what comes first, second, third, and like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I have a quick question, Victoria. So when it comes to etiquette, um, what are some of the, um, I guess, have you ever ran into anyone that's like, it don't take all that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I see that as an opportunity <laughs> to um, have that person make a conversion. So I don't push it on anyone, but I'll use a perfect example of a young lady uh, who told me those exact words. She said, oh, Miss Victoria, it really doesn't take all of that. She said, if I'm on a date, he can take me to McDonald's and I'm happy. I said, oh, Jesus, I saw a lot of things in there. This is not just about etiquette. This is about, you know, uh, personal value and self-esteem and all of that. So because um, I encountered her every day and had an opportunity to work with her. So every time we sat down to eat, it was a little mini etiquette lesson. And I said, the fork goes here, this fork goes here, and this is why. This is the salad fork. And the dinner fork goes here, and this is why. I said, I know you probably think that you won't ever use this because you said it really doesn't take all of that and it's not that important to you. I said, but I think I remember you telling me that you wanted to own your own business one day. Is that correct? She said, yes. I said, well, in your business, I know that you're always going to put forth the best that you have to offer. I mean, you're a makeup artist, you're a cosmetologist, girl, you 
bang some hair. You can get that makeup done in little or no time. You can dress a bride. So along with that, you want to have all of these other details that might go along with being a business owner. And for her, that was an open door for me wow. to begin to teach her about etiquette and how it, uh, the role that it plays in your life. So um, she left. She moved away from, from where, uh, where she was living near me. And she called me several months later. She said, Miss Victoria, guess where I am? I said, I have no idea. Girl, where are you? <laughs> so she told me she was at a steakhouse. And she said, and you know what? I remember everything you said about the etiquette. I'm using the correct knife and the correct fork. And I am tearing this steak up, etiquette style. So <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love it. it. <laughs> So you just see the little nuggets that we drop in life. We never know how we might be changing a person's life. Like and that. yes, that's, that's, that's that. a part of what I think etiquette does. Wow. Now I do have one more question, Miss Victoria. Sorry, Gina. Um, no, you're really quick. I want to know, um, why do you think the world has gotten away from etiquette so much? Like why is etiquette, you know, the, um, you know, it's not the norm. Mm-hmm. I think it isn't the norm anymore because over the years we have degraded our social norms and we have degraded our behaviors and so many things have become acceptable now until etiquette has been just derided as, oh, that's an old antiquated thing. My grandmother did that or my great grandmother did that. And I don't need to wear gloves and I don't want to wear hats and all of that. So this is what I tell people about etiquette. Etiquette is a protocol and a set of manners that society at large has uh, governed as how we should behave in particular situations and circumstances. Etiquette does not change, but manners does because manners evolve with society. One thing that we're doing now, we're not shaking hands. We're not standing closer than six feet to one another. That has become a mannerism in society today because of the pandemic. But the etiquette protocol that states when you enter into a room or when you come into contact with a person, it's a common courtesy to acknowledge them. So how do we do that now? Not by the handshake, but by the elbow or just by the nod of the head, just by the meeting of the eyes and acknowledging, I see you, hello, how are you? Even if it's a complete stranger, in the grocery store, people change aisles if there are too many people in the aisle because they don't want to get too close. But you want to let people know that you don't have to be afraid. I know we have COVID going on. So when you do come into the aisle or when you are in the line, when you are at the wherever it is that you are, you can still exercise a common courtesy, which is a mannerism, just by acknowledging saying hello greeting that person with your eyes. Even though you have your mask on, you can still greet them with your eyes. And most people will acknowledge and return it. They will reciprocate the same. So etiquette protocols don't change, but mannerisms do. And that's what has happened in society today. The etiquette protocol is still there, but the mannerisms down through the years have become so relaxed until people think that they don't need to practice common courtesies anymore. And really, I think that that is just, uh, it's a shame and it's a derogatory mark really on our character as a nation and as a world of people. Wow. 
That that is such a great point. Like I actually had not thought about that in, in etiquette in that way, and how um, the manners, as you say, have adapted and it changes with society. However, the protocol of speaking and acknowledging someone that still stands. So I I just kind of love the way you put that together because like I said, just never even thought about it that way. But there is one thing I was curious of is what are the common um, mistakes or errors or things like that? I know, you know, we tend to use the wrong utensil, but what are some other things that people might think is not necessarily poor etiquette, but it is at the table? Mm-hmm. At the dinner table, um, I think one of the most popular mistakes that people begin to make is when the food is being served. Let's say if you're you're six people are sitting at the table, you have the host who's sitting at the hostess chair, right? Hostess seat. So when you receive your food, you're going to always offer it to the person on your left first. So you offer to serve them. May I serve you a portion of chicken? That person says, yes. They hand you their plate. You don't touch the plate with your thumb. You don't touch the outer rim of the plate, but you hold it underneath the bottom and you serve them a piece of chicken. And then you serve yourself and you serve them the other portions of the meal. And then you serve yourself and then you pass the dish to the right. A lot of people don't do that. The food is just placed on the table. They say, oh, it's buffet style. Every man goes for himself. You have dishes going to the left, dishes going to the right, things clashing. But the common protocol is to offer to serve the person on your left, serve yourself, and then pass the food to your right. Um, That's one of the most common mistakes. So I think second most common mistakes that people make is after everyone has been served um, or after they've been served, they begin eating. You don't start eating until everyone has been served and then the host or the hostess begins to eat. Then you begin to eat after them. So those are the top two of the top things that I see most often in at the dining table. OK, mm-hmm. well, I, I so I thought I had it on the when you start to eat part. Because I was like, okay, after everybody's been served, but then you got me with that part where I had to wait for the host to eat first and then I eat. So you got me with that part. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. Well, we're going to take a really quick break and then we are going to come back uh, and continue this conversation and get more into etiquette and see what else you can help me with. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Life is better when you are living on purpose, but many times we get stuck in the rat race and in the mundane task of our day-to-day lives, causing most to lose sight of their purpose. That's why certified life coach, inner healer, and business strategist LaFlower Bowie is here to help you get calibrated to your calling through proven systems, techniques, and resources. Order a copy of her book, Principles to Reposition, to assist you with your journey or schedule a free clarity session to kickstart the journey. After these sessions, clients have stated they found clarity and and open their eyes to things they had long forgotten. So get social and follow LaFlower on all social media platforms at LaFlower Bowie. And don't forget to mention Stunner Radio sent you. All right, all right. Hey, welcome back, guys. <laughs> if you haven't liked and shared the video, this would be an awesome time to do that because Miss Lady V is sharing some good info and we want to make sure that we spread this information around because we need to pick this etiquette thing back up. Yes, we do. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Lady V, I had a question. I want to kind of go back and touch on something because you said earlier that the Holy, like, um, etiquette, you know, kind of ties into the excellence of the Holy Spirit and how mm-hmm. we should operate and how we should honor, you know, God and, and make sure that we are doing things in decency and in order. Can you touch on that just a little bit for our community? Sure, sure. Well, as I said earlier, um, knowing God as a king, as a savior, and as our Lord, he does everything in excellence. Mm-hmm. Even when it doesn't make sense to us, he still does things in excellence. Um, and I think it's in Psalms where uh, it might have been, if, if I'm correct, if it's in, it's in Psalms, and I think it's David that's referring to the excellency of God and the excellency of his name. So if it just his name is excellent, we're made in his image. And when we come to know him as our Lord and Savior, there is a transference. There is something that happens, of course, spiritually with us on the inside. So that mm-hmm. that we portray on the outside should reflect God's nature. And oftentimes we lump his nature into just saying it's love, but we know that it encompasses much more than that. But just look at creation all around you. Look at the excellency of how the world is created. Who would have thought of the color scheme that we have? Mm. Now, if I had have been God, I probably would have made the sky purple because it's my favorite color. <laughs> You know, God didn't do that. When you look at all the species of animals that are in the earth, like I like apples. There's so many varieties of apples. He didn't just stop at the two that are my most famous. (laughs) They are all different. They're different colors. Um, Oranges, they're different colors. So when you look at God and his excellency and all that he does, why would etiquette not tie into that excellent nature? of who he is. Because when we come to a when we come to an understanding of how we're living out our lives, just our daily lives, just walking across the street, just getting into our car, are we paying attention? Are we getting into the car just any kind of way? Now, these things always pop out to me because of being an etiquette educator. So I notice these things all the time. And before I started practicing it as a lifestyle, I didn't pay attention to those things either. You know, I didn't pay attention to the small things, but God is always into the details of everything. So when I think about the excellent nature of God and his nature living in us, I can't help but think that etiquette is right up there, right along with him. And etiquette didn't start with Emily Post. And of course, most of us in America, in the Western part of the world, we think that etiquette started with Emily Post. It did not. Emily Post brought it to the attention of the Europeans and to, the, uh, and to us in America, the Western world. But they have been practicing etiquette long, 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 long before then. I think it uh, was like 5,000 years before Christ even came on the scene. Socrates talked about etiquette, talked about children running around and they wanted to take the dainties off of the table. That means the little sweets and the little treats that were on the table. They yell at their parents. They talk back. These are his words that he said in his time frame. So etiquette has been around for a very long time. It is believed that it was started by an Egyptian visor by the name of Patoatep. And I think I said it was three or 5,000 years before Christ entered the earth. Um, him being a visor, he was you know, the next important person to the king. 
at that time. And he ran the king, the castle and a great portion of the king's household. And what he did with all of the dignitaries, of course, that were coming into the council, he began to train young men as to how they should deport themselves and how they should conduct manners and how they should conduct business. And this is where etiquette got is beginning as we know about it. So etiquette has been around for a very long time. And I think it is just tied to the excellency of the Holy Spirit and the Godhead. You absolutely just took my next question and answered it. <laughs> I did not expect you to do that because I was totally <laughs> going to ask you, when did ex when did etiquette start and where did it get it started? You, I was like, she just answered my question. Can even get a chance to ask. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for jumping ahead. But. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because, I mean, that's something I was wondering. So hopefully our listeners and viewers were, you know, wanting, wondering the same thing. So right, right. that's right. awesome. Yeah. So um, what about your, your other projects that you're working on? Yes. Um, the next project that I am working on soon to be released is uh, my first etiquette book, and it is entitled 10 Etiquette Tips You Already Know, But... Dot, mm -hmm. Dot. Mm -hmm. mm. And yes, so I entitled it that because so much of etiquette is just pause and common sense. Pause and common sense. So there are a lot of things that we know innately, but we think that it's wrong because we're looking for an expert, a professional, you know, someone that already knows more about it than we do. So we don't exercise it. We don't put into motion the thing that our inner being will say to us, yes, pick up the small fork first. That's what you're going to use for your salad. But we say, no, what if I'm wrong? Oh, what if I look like an idiot? So <laughs> So we don't. They're just 10 um, top subjects that I get asked about all the time or that I have questions about all the time that I chose to just kind of unveil, you know, in the book and it should be out by this summer. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Can you share one of those one of those top 10 with us? Um, well, yes, I can. Um, but why don't I take it this way, if you don't mind? What would be one scenario that you might find yourself in where you think, I don't know what to do next? Mm. I've been there. <laughs> and we all have. We all I've been have. there. <laughs> my, I'll tell you, my the very first cruise my husband and I went on all these years ago. And of course, the dinner setting, it's, it's formal. It, yes. It's a formal dinner setting. And... I honestly think, well, no, that wasn't the first one, but that was the one that really stood out with me because to me because I'm sitting at a table because you know you're seated with strangers depending on how how big your party is, right? So it was yeah. only us two, and then the rest of our table were people that we didn't know. So I was very, you know, conscious of making sure I used the right utensil and so forth and mm -hmm. so on as they came out with the different courses. And so mm -hmm. to your point, I followed, I watched, I looked around to kind of see and catch clues on what to do. Mm -hmm. My husband, mm -hmm. on the other hand, not to put my baby on blast, but you know, he could care less. He just went straight up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like kind of tapping him under the table like, wait. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Oh my God. But yes. And I, honestly, I was like, I don't ever want to feel like this again. It was very mm -hmm. uncomfortable, you know, feeling mm -hmm. like I didn't know and I didn't understand and I feeling out of place almost. And I said, mm -hmm. oh, no, mm -mm. 
No, that's yeah. that's not what it is. I'm not used to yeah. being in that position. And so <laughs> that's why I'm so glad that you, you know, you're doing what you're doing and following this passion because it is definitely something that our community, I know, we need to envelop this more and, and we need to actually, you know, spread this around. And like my daughter, I can't wait for her to um, I'm going to get this book and I'm going to be the new etiquette teacher. My sister going to be surprised. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> yeah. I'm praying. I'm hoping. I'm praying and hoping. Yeah. Okay, so I, have, yeah. I have a question. So, you know, before COVID and things like that, we would have like a lot of dinner parties, at, you know, at different friends' houses and things. So for me. Typically, I would take a gift or, you know, a bottle of wine or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but I know that when, sometimes it's always not reciprocated when, you know, you may be the host. So right. is it proper protocol when you're invited to someone's home to take a gift? Um, and when you get there, should you immediately find the host and greet the host? Or should you just let it, you know, let the chips fall where they may? And, you know, see him whenever you see him when you get there. Um, no, it uh, to answer your question, yes. When you're invited to a dinner party, you're invited to someone's home. It's always in order uh, to bring a small gift. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Like you said, maybe just a bottle of wine. Um, if you've communicated with the host earlier, um, you know, perhaps what she's serving. What is your what is your theme? What what's your color scheme? Perhaps I can bring um, some flowers. You know, okay. as a center for the table. So yes, it is always in order to do that. And if you arrive to the dinner party right on time, then you're late. So you always want to come a few minutes earlier, but probably not more than 10 or 15 minutes earlier because maybe she's running behind. Um, but whatever time she told you should be there, you should arrive about 10 to 15 minutes earlier. And then, yes, when you come in, do offer. Is there anything that I can help you with? Sometimes they would just relegate you to a room. No, everything is fine. Everyone is meeting over here, you know, in the South Wing or whatever it is. And, you know, you can have drinks or whatever you're doing. <laughs> Wherever you have. Everybody ain't got wings, Victoria. Mm -mm. Not yet. Not yet. Not Don't yet. over there the You'll be witching the me. No. Right. Not yet. Not yet. But yes, I'm going to have a wing and I'll have you ladies over. Yes, ma'am. Whole etiquette. Okay. Get to dress up and everything. Yes. But that's, yes. that's great. Now, I do have one more question because I know a lot of people are doing smaller gatherings and things like that. Yes. So what is the proper, um, I guess, length of time that you would send out an invitation to invite someone over, you know, to a dinner party? Mm -hmm. Well, for a dinner party, if it's by invitation, then still you want to do at least six weeks. Oh, yes, you still want to do at least six weeks because that gives um, the people that you invited that gives them an opportunity to plan for it. That gives them an opportunity to get a sitter. And especially now with COVID, things are a little bit stricter and more stringent. Right. Yes, you do want to give them that six week notice. Six weeks. I'm notice. gonna have to work on my my one week. Next day. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, we can get away with that with family, you know, very close friends because the acquaintance, you know, is really tight. So oftentimes you can do that. But okay. again, when you're having a formal occasion or a semi-formal occasion, you do want to give them enough time to get there. And then where are people coming from? Now, people mm. are, everyone is local. 
You can still be local in the city of Chicago. We can be local, but Chicago's a big city. Mm-hmm. So if I live in Des Plaines and someone else lives out in, uh, oh gosh, what, completely the other direction, Richland Park, I mean, it's not a huge distance, but it's enough because someone is going to say, oh, I have to drive all the way out there. Oh, I didn't find out until, mm-hmm. yeah, I just found out last week. Had I known ahead of time, I could have planned better. So yes, give them the benefit of the doubt and give them the six week notice. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Really quickly, if anybody is watching right now and you have some and you have a question for Lady Victoria, an etiquette question or something you've always wanted to know or was curious about it, drop it in the chat so we can um, try to get that answered for you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Drop it in the chat. Yeah. All right. But in the meantime, yeah. y'all ready for Sister Chet? Come on. All right. So Lady V, so we have a segment on the show called Sister Chet. In this sister chat, we talk about different scenarios and and questions and situationships that may come up. And but for the sister check, you're only entitled to give a sister check or allowed to give a sister check to someone who is in your very close inner circle, right? Because this is you know, these are some real conversations that we have to have with each other sometimes. Mm -hmm. So the sister check tonight, y'all. So (laughs) let's say. You have a sister who is in love with the gentleman who's about to get married. Ooh. And his wedding is tomorrow, and she plans on showing up and confessing her love. Oh. Want y'all to soak that one in real quick? And let mm. me know what would you say to her. Ooh. It's a couple of movies just went through my mind real fast. Like some brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm gonna have to talk to her. I gotta I I have to have a conversation because I I I mean, so you plan on going to the wedding for the sole purpose of of confessing her love. Like she has does anybody does anybody see any reason why this man or woman should not be? And then you gonna get up and say, <laughs> "I do," because I love up. you. She gonna put a church ring up and walk straight to the front. Yep, oh. or mm-hmm. try to walk straight to the front. No, so uh, honestly, that's my sister. I, I, I'm assuming that I would know, have background information about that relationship and all of that good stuff. And honestly, I would do my best to encourage her to address it now like Lisa say she going to the wedding oh my god she's <laughs> gonna be like girl come on <laughs> like what you gonna wear what you gonna wear right there you know her colors are her. <laughs> look green. are you gonna wear white mm. <laughs> oh let's god. say she you know there, there was no cheating or anything like that. This was just somebody who got away and she wants to confess her love because she does not want him marrying that other woman. Mm. Oh my goodness. Love and basketball. That's exactly how I'm going to yeah. handle the situation. I don't remember. Refresh. Victoria, why love are you making it. that face? <laughs> Victoria, like, I don't know. Like Love and basketball because the wedding was getting ready to go down. 
She got, she had an opportunity to dress him and get him alone. She let him know, this is how I feel. I've always felt this way. I never stopped feeling this way. And I believe you're supposed to be with me. And then she made him play her for it. First one to three. She did. So we ain't got to have the basketball game, but I would take the same approach. Like, you know, don't go, go don't wait till you, don't wait till you get to the wedding. No. Oh no. But you would tell mm-hmm. you would advise her to, to tell him somehow before he marries this other woman. I I do look that's something it's difficult to put that on somebody, you know, when they're supposed to marry someone else the next day. So when I'm thinking about him, I'm like, mm, but at the same time, you know, that could be a regret or something that she holds on to for the rest of her life and not able to just let it go and, and move on. Then might find herself in a adulterous situation later on because you just couldn't stop it. So. Uh, my, my, my. All right. Lady I B, think you made a lot yeah, of faces and a lot of moans and groans over there. Yeah. Let me be quiet. What, <laughs> what you got, you Lady, B? Sister, Lady B? What would you tell this sister? Well, she going to tell her to go do it. No, I don't I, tell her to do it. I'm just <laughs> All right, Lady B, what you got? I, I, I would definitely have a conversation with her too, but him getting married is not a surprise to her. More than likely. Did you say she just found out the day before that no, he's getting she's married? Known that he's been in another relationship and things right. like that. Okay. Um, but she has also known that she missed her chance. She messed up her chance on being with him. And mm-hmm. now she wants to, um, you know, she ready for it to to confess her love before he gets married. Hmm. Ooh, I don't know. It, this would be, yes, definitely a sister girl conversation, um, because when she tells me, listen, I'm just going to go to the wedding. I'm just going to confess my love. My question to her would be, why did you wait so long? Why did you wait so long to confess your love? Have you all have been friends all this time and you all have been you know dating right. you said there's, there's not been any um there's not been any intimacy between them right but friend go and let him know listen that that ride she said train. make some memories <laughs> i love it lisa lisa like but you know, when you think about it turn it around would you want that done to you right see that's would why i love that that's why i love you lady b you like let's you know what let's as a woman, you know, would you want someone confessing their love for your soon-to-be husband moments before you walk down the aisle? How would right. you feel if it were being done to you? Right. right. You know what? I got to say yes. You got to say yes what? I got to say yes. Yes, you right. If you, you, in love with you, my- you, and, you and Lisa riding in the car together to go to go take the pictures. And no. No, I'm not making memories with Lisa right now, okay? <laughs> what I am saying is, Lady V said, flip it. If it was going to be, if it was your husband, your soon-to-be husband, would you want that to happen? From where I'm sitting, absolutely I want that to happen. Because if you do have some unresolved feelings or something like that for this person, that if they were to surface later on after we've made these vows that will cause you to pause, then I want you to go handle that right now. And then come back and talk he to said, me afterwards. Said, go handle it right now. Go, go, Absolutely. go, go, go Absolutely. figure it out. Go, go, go figure that out. And then I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be here for a little bit. Not waiting forever. Yeah. Go, go figure that out. And so I asked yeah, because I need to know. This sister check came about. Y'all know I like being on my uh, trolling on social media, right? <laughs> so 
this is what came about. I was listening to this relationship show. And what I'm finding is there are so many women who are divorcing their mates, divorcing their men, but in, in pursuit of the possibility of something better. Mm. And then when they find out they get into quote unquote, no man's land, mm-hmm. a lot of them are, well, a few of them are running back and like, man, I shouldn't have let him go. I shouldn't have let him go. Because, you know, in mm-hmm. the in the world of social, of, of social, we have all these different social platforms and stuff like that. You know, uh, people got, you know, they looking good, fake muscles or some real, you know, right. they, they think they're, it's like, you're always seeing a picture of what the grass on the other side looks like. And so in listening to this relationship show, there were a lot of women calling in saying, man, I left my husband. Like he, mm-hmm. he didn't get, he didn't run it up fast enough. Like we were in our twenties. He, he, you know, he was trying to build something, but I wanted, I wanted the six figures now. Hmm. That sounds like some other issues to me, to be honest. That, with you. But it's a lot of women yeah. that are doing that. A lot of women who have done that over the past 10 years. You know, they wanted they wanted a ready made brother instead of getting with the brother as he went through the process or the man. No judgment. We, we love everybody here. Um, but yeah, we are brothers and sisters. You're right. Praise the Lord. But there's a lot yeah, of women yeah. who are doing that. Um, for example, there's a lot of women that want a six figure man. Right. They, they mm-hmm. want they want a high value man. And a lot of women are leaving blue collar workers who are making six figures, people that are plumbers, you know, working for, you know, telecom, all of these different things. They're leaving these men because they don't look like the six figure guy that they see on Instagram. Mm. And because he hasn't made six figures. Yeah. I think to your point that has something to do with the whole social media and the images that are out there now that, you know, a lot of the younger generation are chasing after because that sounds like paper chasing to me and Mm. image chasing, not so much, you know, pursuing uh, love and a real relationship, but just, you know, the highest bidder who can, who can get me, you know, no. Uh Oh, Victoria over there rocking. What you got me? Yeah. It it points to so many other issues. Like you said, image chasing you know you money chasing and what have you and images are just that they're images it doesn't necessarily mean that it's real all that glitters is not gold and how long does it take to build an empire Hmm. time say it it takes time to build an empire rome wasn't built in a day but come on rome end up encompassing or ruling the entire world at that time. Now I'm back to kingdoms again. Rome was a kingdom in and of itself, but every country that it conquered, they made it look just like them, even if they were in Asia Minor. Exactly. But Rome conquered Asia Minor and then made Asia Minor look like them. Dr. Miles Monroe talks about it all the time. Yes, he does. In his his teaching, he says they made, (laughs) they made us wear Shorts and jackets, Ugh. right? You know, drinking they drink tea, tea in the middle of the day, tea, right? Yes, right. yes. I don't even know if I like tea, but I'm a drink. <laughs> I'm a drinking, yes, right. So you know, but that just car. totally took me to some Lucius and Cookie. <laughs> That's Lucius and Cookie right there. Okay, because did you see what what Cookie went through with Lucius in the beginning? 
to help build this empire. And yeah, then these yeah. other women coming in after the empire is there. But you look, right. that groundwork, look. that foundation. And basically now. what you're saying is they don't want to be there in the beginning. They don't want to stick yeah. through mm -hmm. the beginning to get it there. I just want to come swoop in on the end. So, oh, right. you done right. done this? Okay. Yeah, right. and that reminds me and of that see, movie, um, Acrimony. I think that's the yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, where she waited and waited and waited and she gave up because she got tired of, of waiting. Mm -hmm. But then when he got it and the other woman had it, she like, you gave her my stuff. That's my yes, lifestyle but, that she's living. Mm -hmm. But enough to what you just said, LaFlower, the reason she gave up was because of all of the voices and the people that was in her head. Her yeah, sisters, her, her sister, family her pushing her yeah. to, lay, to leave that man. Mm -hmm. And see, yeah. that's why you have to have, you, you have to be grounded in your own self. You can't right. let these other voices come whispering in your head, telling you this and telling you that, and you running off to every you know whim and everything. How are you grounded? You know what mm. what's really in you because now whatever's in you is coming out. So that impatience, that stictuativeness, that was seemingly absent. You know she wasn't going to do it anyway. Yeah, she if, if you, right. You waiting for him to make a hundred million. He's only making 50. You know, I, come on, I need you to level up. I need you to level up. I need you to go and make it. Listen, if she left you at 50, at 50 million, she was going to leave you again when you get to a hundred million because if somebody else is making more than he is. Come That's on. it. Somebody Sold else has a shinier car than he is. Thank you. Somebody else has a shinier car than he is. Somebody else, you know, got more stocks than he does. Right, right. So See, I just got another one. Anyway, what you got, Gina? What analogy? What movie? A TV? I just got another one. Medea's Family Reunion. Now, now I can't remember what the baby. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember what his name was. Well, you know, little Bow Wow in the movie. Yes, Byron. Okay. That baby was like, I need you to go handle this and give me this money. And she mm -hmm. didn't care what he had to risk to do it. Do that. Right. Yes. I think even, yes. The, yeah. even on the day of the funeral, she was like, we got to go. We got to mm -hmm. go. And he he's like, I just go. buried my mama. Well, yes. You know what you call it waiting on us? We gotta go make this money. What you gonna yes. do? But yeah, we have to. It's so many, like you guys said, it's so many different things, and that's why I love this sister check because we need to surround ourselves with people who are going to really, really, really see us for our future, our future selves, and not as our present. See what God already has bestowed within us. Yes, and have those realistic kingdom conversations with us. Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole nother show. Kingdom that's a whole nother show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's why character is so important. It's character is so important. And if right. you don't know what your character is, your actions will let you know what your characters are, what your character is. Say it. That's we gotta understand. We gotta believe what we see in. We got to believe what our actions are showing in the mirror because some of us, we, we're we too afraid to be transparent with ourselves. Come on. Who we think we look like mm -hmm. and how we think we are here in these streets, but we, mm -hmm. not, we represent a whole nother kingdom. That's right. That's right. Now, you know, my, that, my, makes my. Think of, that makes me think of Mary and Martha. Mm. So many times we think that we are Mary, but really mm. we are Martha. Come because on. we are encumbered about with too many 
things. Busyness does not mean productivity. We are busy, but we're not producing anything. We don't have any That's it. for all the busy stuff we're doing. We're just busy all the time. Hmm. So hmm. I, I'd rather be Mary than Martha. And listen, I had to check myself on that one. You know, I had a situation. I was like, oh, yeah, I got this covered. You know, oh, yes, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Da, 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 da. Mm-mm. That thing turned around. I said, what? Mm. That, mm. that was a Martha move. Oh, my God. <laughs> I ain't out here in these streets acting like Martha, Lord. Like, you know that's on, my heart. like Lord, you know that ain't my heart. <laughs> you know that ain't my heart. But I, I love him because he gives together. us those opportunities to see, to for us to recalibrate, to That's readjust, true. and to Absolutely. come back and, and you know represent him right. Oh, right. We, we have had an awesome show today. This has been amazing, Lady Victoria. Man, Thank have you. you helped us? Thank oh. you so much you for coming so on. Yes. Oh, Lady That's- V, really quick, let us let our let the community let Uncommon Faith know where they can find you, really quick. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Victoria School of Etiquette. You can find me by the same name on Instagram, on YouTube, um, on Twitter. Um, if you want to go to my website, it's vsetc16.com, Victoria School of Etiquette Training and Consulting. That's where you can find my uh, website. You can feel free to drop a question there. You can feel free to sign up for a variety of the courses that we have. I do have many courses on dining etiquette. Um, we do I also do youth mentoring, teen mentoring. I have a mentorship program called Mira Mira for girls age nine to 17, age nine mm-hmm. to 17. And then we go into the young adults from um, 18 to about 23. Um, my email awesome. address is uh, vsetc16 at gmail.com. If you want to drop a line, if you have a question that you'd like for me to answer um, when I'm going live on my Facebook page. Uh, page you can drop a question and i'll answer it you can be present or not present so those are the various platforms that is awesome thank you so much well guys we are out of time for today's show but we love you guys thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week same time same station bye guys grace and peace peace. bye guys thank you so much ladies